Easy. Yeah. Yeah. That is Glasser. Hello, it's podcast 70 from Football Alanya, your home of Dutch football. You're listening to us via our range of platforms, whether that's YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes or Football Nation Radio. I'm Michael Statham and I'm with Mike Bell to discuss RZ against Ajax in the title race. Do PSV and Feyenoord also have an outside shout? Plus also the Netherlands games coming up in March. We just talk about the selection issues that Ronald Koeman has. If you enjoy our podcast, make sure to press like, leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe if you're new, if you're listening to us on YouTube or SoundCloud. Enjoy the podcast. Mike, um, good to talk to you about all things Dutch football. Um, I think with the Netherlands friendlies coming up very soon, we'll be talking about that later in the podcast. But the first thing is uh, with the Dutch Eredivisie. Ajax and RZ are neck and neck at the moment, the title race. And who would have expected that, say, well, I mean, at any point. I think right now, though, it, this, tight, this title race is the tightest it's, it's ever been um, since September, since August. And it's all, it all seems to be sort of crumbling down around Ajax. And even though they got a good result against Hillenvein at the weekend, um, ours are breathing down their necks. Uh, and final and PSV are suddenly coming into the frame as well. Yeah, I think it's going to be an exciting end to the season. We've got, you know, Ajax um, looking like they're going to, you know, steam to the title, but now having a, a really big wobble. And um, yeah, it's great that AZ Akmar are still in the running for it, and there's no reason why they can't go all the way this season. You know, Feyenoord under Dick Advocat still unbeaten. And PSV resurgent. So, yeah, we've got four teams that could make a late run for it, and it's um, very exciting. It's good to see that uh, Final and PSV are making it even more interesting now. Um, plus, it also means that you're getting some of these Dutch internationals in form as well. Uh, good to see Denzel Dumfries getting the winner for PSV um, at the weekend against Groningen. Um, for RZ, though, they've been so exceptional throughout this season, but then they hit a small blip. Um, are we seeing them come out the other side now? And are we seeing Turncoat Miners, Kevin Stengs, Moran Boadu, um really staking their claim for Netherlands' place? Are they ready? Yeah, I really hope um, that Koeman keeps an eye on them and Owen Vindal as well. Because, you know, Koeman Miners has been excellent all season and it's a travesty that he hasn't really got a call up already, especially since Kevin Strutman's still getting called into the midfield. I'd much rather see Koeman Miners. I think that them being knocked out of the Europa League and the KNVB Cup, you know, it's not a good thing for, for Dutch football, but for them, with their tight squad and you know, Arne Slot doesn't like to rotate too much, I think it's going to be best for them that the players get as much rest as possible towards the end of the season, and that will keep them fresh, even for the Euros, you know, if all, you know, I really want to see Stengs get caught because I think he can be a bit of a wild card along with Bordeaux, especially if Memphis and... Marlon don't recover in time, he definitely becomes an option for up front. So yeah, the fresher they can be towards the Euros, even better. I look forward to talking to you again about the Netherlands striker issue a bit later. Um, but the one for me is Kevin Stengs. He's really off form with RZ and for me still, hasn't had the impact that he was having at the start of the season. And I don't know if it's the fact that he's maybe a little bit more lazy now, maybe that he's hit the heights that he has, maybe he's getting a little bit complacent or whether the fact that defences have started to figure out his game and therefore aren't giving him as much time on the ball. Either way, um, 
I know that you've still continued to be impressed with Calvin Stengs, and I admit he's a good, he's a, you know, he's a great player still. I really enjoy watching him play, but he's just lost this, this edge that made us all want him to be starting games for the Netherlands. And for me, I I wouldn't want him starting now. I disagree. I think that Stengs is, you know, he's a very different type of player to say Adrissi or or Bordeaux. You know, his game can't just be calculated on the fact that he gets assists and goals. I think if you actually watch his all-round play and where he actually picks up the ball, it's quite deep. And some of the passes he plays around the pitch are, are phenomenal. And I think um, he's been a bit unlucky in recent weeks because his teammates just aren't finishing off the chances that he's creating for them. I think we've seen that Boadu and Idrissi at times can be a bit wasteful in front of goal and Stengs is setting up players like Classy to take shots from outside the box. Um, none of them are going to target. I think that Stengs, he does need to work on his finishing a bit. He takes quite a few shots and they don't result in goals, but... Yeah, I've got no worries about his form. I think that he remains a top-class potential player. And, yeah, I think he took his game and it's, he's almost like a quarterback at times. He picks up the ball around the halfway line and spreads passes about. And that side of his game is very exciting to me. And I would pick him every day over, you know, somebody like Steven Berg, who's just getting a lot of attention right now for Feyenoord, but because he's scoring so many goals. But most of them are penalties. Um, yeah, so if you're looking at somebody that's got just that touch of something different, I think Stengs is still the man for me. And for me too, at one point in the past, um, I, I totally get your point about his all-round game and how he's a creator for RZ and not necessarily someone who's always on the end of of the, of the attacks that they create. Um, but yeah, I just for me at least, for me, I, I know people will disagree with me, um, but I think he's lost a bit of the his creative edge. Um, similar to how Hakim Ziyech has lost that bit of edge recently too. Um very similar ways, how they've always been so dependable with their uh, great left foots. Um, haven't seen it quite so much recently. And for me, I probably would go with uh, Stephen Burhaus ahead, because just purely because he's on form. Um, and if you're going to the Euros, you want players that are on form um, and are sparkling. Whereas, yeah, I, I get that Stengs is definitely the future option for the Netherlands. Um, I think it's probably now a good time to start talking about all these questions that we had in via Twitter. Uh, relating to the Netherlands squad. Um, and I think we should start with Ryan Babel because we're talking about attacking midfielders, wingers. And, wow, I mean, hasn't it been a disaster for Babel or Ajax since he moved in January? Um, Abdul sent in a question asking uh, that Babel shouldn't be selected by... Sorry, shouldn't be, shouldn't be selected by Koeman at all. What do we think? And um, I, I'm not sure Koeman's got much choice at the moment, has he, Mike, because of injuries? Yeah, I mean, if it was up for me, Baba would be nowhere near the squad um, this time around. I think we can all say that we've been surprised by his contributions to the Netherlands squad and what he's done over the past you know, couple of years since Cummins came in. He's been excellent at times for the Netherlands, but yeah, since he's joined Ajax, he's been an absolute disaster and he's not played in the last few games. Um, they're saying it's because he's not match fit, but you know, he's been a major disappointment and Ajax can't be happy with what they've seen from him um, going forward. Yeah, he just, just doesn't look anywhere near from what we see when he puts on an Everland shirt. But I just can't see Koeman not selecting him. I think that the loyalty that he has towards the players that have got, you know, the team to the Euros is not going to change. And I think that Babel will be selected. Um, and, you know, whether that's right or wrong, it's, it's Koeman's decision. And I think he's going to stick with the players that have got Netherlands there so far. It's interesting how much faith that Koeman's going to give to these players that have got um, the country this far. 
but there's so many dilemmas as well at the moment. And this is like the last chance that Koeman has got to really change things in the team um, on a selection basis. So Ryan Babel's definitely one of those players who's going to be up, uh, um, in contention for gaining or losing his place. Um, such is the importance of this particular time of year before the competition. And there, there are many players who have been touted as getting into the squad um, and really having an impact. And another one of those players is Tim Krull. Um, someone called Mike sent in a question asking about Tim Krull. Are we still going to ignore him, even though we might have penalties when it comes to the Euros? Yeah, I think, you know, there's a big dilemma right now over the goalkeeper situation. And you can't ignore what Tim Crow can bring to you, especially if the Netherlands do get taken to a penalty shootout in, in the Euros, because he's such an excellent penalty stopper when you compare him to Tim Crow, um, Tim Crow to Jasper Sellis. And we know we saw it at the World Cup when Van Hal did it, and it worked wonders. You've seen recently that he saved penalties for Norwich City. You know, I can have a big impact. Um, <clears throat> I think for me, Sillison's going into this squad out of form, and he's only just won his, ba his place back in the Valencia 11. Um, you know, for me, that Kuman should really be considering giving Tim Crow a chance, or even Marco Bizot. I think he's the inform Dutch goalkeeper around at the moment. He's kept 17 clean sheets this season already in the Eredivisie, and I just want to see him get a chance. To show what he can do in the Netherlands squad, and yeah, even if Sellerson doesn't form doesn't improve, Justin Bailo for Feyenoord has has been excellent, so he's come in. Um, so Kimmin has you know four really good keepers to choose from. He's also got a lot of centre backs to choose from, um, and one of the options for centre back is Stefan de Vrij. Um, William asked a question about him, and should he consider using de Vrij ahead of de Ligt? Um, to start alongside Van Dijk. Uh, de Vrij has been one of, if not the best centre-backs in Italy this season, William says. Um, and yes, Matthijs de Ligt is the future, isn't he, Mike? But can can, can he hold down that place because he's, he's so prone to injuries? Who would you play at centre-back? Would you continue with de Ligt and Van Dijk or is de Vrij a very good option to now start the matches? Again, it's Cummins loyalty. He likes what? Um, De Vrij, he likes Van Dijk and De Ligt. Um, he likes that partnership and he likes what they bring to the team. I don't see him changing it this close to Euros unless something drastic happens and De Ligt doesn't play between now and the end of the season. Um, but I think if you're going to pick one player you know, of the whole Dutch squad who's just been the unluckiest player so far is Devin De Vrij because yeah, he is playing absolutely brilliantly for Inter Milan right now but he's He's for a choice right now, and he's not going to get in ahead of De Ligt and Van Dijk. For me, I think that partnership is, has been solid so far. Cumin likes it, and I can see that being the, the two that he goes with at the European Championships. You know what, Mike? So do I. I, I think that he's going to stay loyal to those centre-backs because of all the positions you want to have um, as a partnership, it's got to be the centre-backs. And that is so, so, so important when your full-backs aren't quite as strong. Um, De Ligt and Van Dijk, I think, are going to be the two that are chosen, but De Vrij is not a bad replacement should there ever be an injury or a suspension, say. Um, another of those positions, then, is left-back and right-back. So, Daly Blint's been the left-back for a long time, um, but form has been shaky for Ajax ever since he had to come back from his unfortunate um, issue with his heart. And at right-back, 
I, I don't know if Denzel Dumfries has really been in, in proper form at all this season. Um, he's come up with some important goals for PSV, but you know, if you look at him defensively, I don't think he's been quite as convincing um, as, as recent seasons. Do you, do, you, do you, again, do you change that now? Is it too late or can you bring in someone such as, I don't know, say Robin Hosens, um, who plays in Italy as well? What, what do you, who do you choose? Yeah, I think that, again, it's loyalty and we, we know in an ideal world, you'd say that the Netherlands coach would pick players on form, but we know that Cumin doesn't do that. He seems to pick the ones that he likes the most and the ones that have got Netherlands as far, so he's going to stick with Daily Blind. I think that Hosens, again, we've all been calling for him to get a call up. He is also, you know, being closely followed by, by Germany, so, you know, getting in ahead of them and tying Hosens down would be Excellent, he's been in such good form for Atlanta this season that you'd like to see him get a call up. I would say the same for, for Vindal of Izzad Akmar. That's two left-back options that Cumin has that would probably, for me right now, get in ahead of Patrick Van Aanholt, who offers a lot going forward for Crystal Palace. But, you know, again, he's a bit shaky at the back and you wouldn't want, say, a Van Aanholt on the left and a Dumfries on the right because that would just leave the centre-back pair and just a bit too to open for me. But I think that Dumfries, you know, he's come up with some very important goals for PSV recently and he's he's the captain of the side and I think his form is improving towards the end of the season. So I think that he will get a chance to, to show himself because Kumin has so little options on that side. Um Hatabur of Atlanta is another one, but whenever we've seen him in a Netherlands shirt he hasn't really convinced Karsdorp's coming into some form at Feyenoord but might be but just didn't say that he could be a Euro star because he's not really convinced that much. Um, and yeah, Joel Veltman would be the other one, but I don't really want to see him playing at right back when he's played in the centre defence for Ajax most of this season. Well, those positions and particularly the striking the striker position are going to really hot up in the next few weeks when we find out more um, how Koeman's going to set up his teams for these friendlies that are coming up. And I know that we're going to discuss this in um, the next podcast, Mike, about particularly about the striker issue, but just as an update to those that are listening, um, Memphis Depay is still trying to get a, a, um, some sort of Disney fairy tale style comeback from injury. And um, Mike was actually telling me about how there might be a documentary made about his injury comeback, um, as amazing as it could be if he makes it in time for the Euros. But in the meantime, yeah, Daniel Marlin's still out injured and it's looking like Val Vechos and Mayan Boadu might be in the picture. But I guess we'll see who's selected for the squad and then we'll discuss who may well be starting for Netherlands um, in the next podcast. Now, one of the other pieces of news for Netherlands football fans this week was the Nations League draw. And um, we had a couple of questions in about our opinions on the teams that the Netherlands have been drawn against. And they're in a group with Italy, Bosnia and Poland. Mike, what are your thoughts on the chances in that kind of group? Would you make the Netherlands a favourite? And... What good does it do for the Netherlands to be in a group with these three teams? I think that's a stark contrast from how I felt when the last Nations League draw was made in Dutch football was in a bit of a rut. And then you get Germany and France and everything was downbeat and we were thinking, oh, we're going to get, you know, four losses and got a tournament, be relegated. And then, you know, Netherlands end up surprising everyone top of the group and get to the final. I think that this is a much easier group, as Ronald Koeman said himself. Um, I don't really know much about Bosnia, but I don't think they're as good as they were maybe a couple of years ago. Um, you know, they've got Edin Zeko 
up front still. He's always a threat. And yeah, Poland have some some great talents. They have probably one of the best strikers in the world up front, Lewandowski. So they cause some issues. And then you've got Italy who are always strong. It's always good to play against them and um, for this Netherlands side because they're such a big test. And I know they've got quite a lot of good young players coming through at the moment. So yeah, I think um, it's an easier group, but one that'll have plenty of tests for this for this Netherlands side. And I just hope that once again, Netherlands go for his group winners because I think they definitely have a chance of that. Italy are going to be the, the the best opposition there, I think, and it, it's it's great that we get to, to see these matches rather than meaningless friendlies. I think it's it's good that we're again having these competitive group in the Nations League. Um, the France and Germany matches though were were pretty special, and I think the Nations League's given given teams something to look forward to in these international breaks and. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd say the chances are pretty good of um, again trying to top that group because the Netherlands know um, how good it was when they when they got that far. So I, I rate the chances pretty high as of them again um, wanting to do win that competition. Now we've got some um, spring cleaning to do with questions that we've had in uh, this week, and we had a question about the Benelux Liga. Um, a question for Mike Richards: a potential of the Benelux. Uh, we we haven't discussed this actually in recent podcasts, but it, it keeps popping up in the Dutch media um, about the, the Belgian and the Dutch leagues combining forces in an attempt to become one of the to break into the top five European leagues. We've mentioned it in the past, Mike, haven't we? You know, the past year, past two years, past three years in our podcasts, and all the time we've been doing them about what what would happen if if they did join together. And I'm I'm definitely in the camp. I don't know about you, Mike, but I'm definitely in the camp of don't change it because it's the matches between the Dutch teams that have all the history and are made special. You don't want to see a Belgian mid-table team play a Dutch mid-table team because there's nothing special about that. Yeah, I totally agree that you know, it's an idea that's getting put around at the moment and worryingly it seems like quite a lot of clubs, even Ajax, are in favour of it at the moment. And yeah, for me, I don't want to see you know Dutch league lose its identity and these games stop. Um, just because you know, Ajax, PSV, and Feyenoord would rather play against you know Club Rouge and and Anderlecht and these sort of clubs, I think that in some ways it has you know good ideas for maybe increasing the money involved in the game. I know that you know, there was news this week that the Belgian league had overtaken their division as the ninth most um, expensive league with TV rights. Um, but you know, I'd much rather see Dutch clubs playing against each other because um, that's what I love, and I I'd rather see Belgium get mashing together. Um, you know, the league isn't that broke at the moment. You know, we've seen Ajax reach the semi-finals of Champions League last year. Or AZ, uh, PSV, they'll be competitive in Europe hopefully next season as well as long as Feyenoord. So yeah, I don't see Belgian clubs really going far in Europe at the moment to say why. I would have any benefit so yeah for me stick as it is um it's not an idea i want to see happen anytime soon i'm just wondering why um dutch and belgian clubs w- want to be in, in the top five leagues so much um why that's so important to them why not um stay stay with your identity and stay with the the sort of level that your country's at because you can always be consistent be a consistent top 10 league in europe um by maintaining and doing better at what you're doing already, why 
why try and um, reinvent the wheel and and eliminate you know hundreds of years of history just to to try and become a better league? It doesn't guarantee success at all. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm not a fan of it, and I know that yeah, many people in the Netherlands aren't either. Anything. But it's not like it's going to solve anything for sure. No, and if anything, an idea that could come out of it, which would make sense to me, and would be a better option would maybe be a joint cup. Um, cup competition have both leagues and that and have a trophy at the end of it yeah you'd get some of the games between Ajax and Club Rouge Ajax and Elect that you want to see when you don't lose the league identities doing it in different ways have a have a cup competition that's the best way I see it happening you know that's the first I've ever heard of that Mike um, if that's your idea that's genuinely a, a great idea like <laughs> I, I'm all for that um, a cup competition could be the way forward as well yeah, that's a great idea. Now, a uh, couple of questions left to go on our podcast. And we mentioned at the start of the podcast how RZ and Ajax are neck and neck for the title. But could final be in with a shout of a top two place? Mike, what are your thoughts on this? Because with Burkhouse in form, final was scoring goals and just winning games. Yeah, uh, as I said earlier, final under the Advocate still unbeaten and they are one of the form sides in their division at the moment. I don't know if it'll mean that they'll end up finishing in the top two. I hope that you know, AZ's form doesn't drop off that dramatically and that they stay competitive until the end of the season. Um, but yeah, Feyenoord have definitely put themselves within a, a great chance of even catching up. And you know, even people are still putting them forward as potential title winners. And that just shows that the excellent job that Dick Advocate has done since he's taken over. And that's why they're trying to offer him a new deal. At the moment, he seems to have installed total confidence back in Rotterdam and yeah to me Bozinic the new striker out front looks a really good signing for them as well I think he's going to be a top player in the next couple of years for them so it's, yeah it's exciting times again I find out especially after the start of the season where it was all doom and gloom under Yapstam and they thought that you know they'd be lucky to finish you know, even mid-table in the European playoffs and now they're again getting mentioned as potential title winners it's it's been a crazy season for them but yeah, I can't see them finishing top two. But yeah, I think they should definitely hold their heads high if they finish third and win the cup because that would still be a great season after the start of mid. On one hand, Feyenoord have still got Ajax and RZ to play. Um, and if they beat both of them, then that really puts them in the mix for the title. Um, and if they win all their remaining games, I'm sure they'll become champions of, of the Netherlands. However... I still think that Ajax and Arsenal are going to win plenty of games to keep sort of final out of the equation. And I still think final have been a bit suspect defensively and they haven't always been utterly convincing in winning all their games. They've been quite scrappy actually to, to win games. And that is the mark of a true champion. Yes, I get that point. But at the same time, I think that it, it can't go on forever that they keep scrapping wins. And I think that they will eventually come unstuck in a couple of games. Um, and they should have been beaten PSV the other week as well, but they only got a draw from that. So I guess, you know, had they got those two points, they would have been only four points behind in the title race. So yes, they're a contender, but for me, an absolute outside shout, because I think with the remaining games we've got, then I think Ajax and Arzab will win enough to keep final at bay. Um, and one of the other interesting um, points of this weekend was Ajax's win at Hill and Vane to sort of put them back on track in the title race. But the argument between Dusan Talic and Serginio Dest. So we had a, a question about that. 
and whether that, that says something about the atmosphere at Ajax at the moment. And for me, Mike, I, I think that Tadic, led by example in that match, scored a couple of goals. It was proper captain's performance. It's probably the best he's played in a while. Um, he was actually quite lethal down that right-hand side, trying to link up with Dest all the time. Um, and even though Ajax had a, conceded far too many chances down the other end, due to the way they play, it's always taken that risk. And Hillenveen have got a lot of pace. But I thought that Tadic played really well and he had to have a go at Dest. If, and, and I don't think it was something that could be done in the dressing room. I think that's OK. And in the state that that club's in, at that point, with the results going the wrong way, for me, Tadic did the right thing and did it on the pitch. Yeah, I think that one of the things you can say has been missing from Ajax this season is leadership in the defence. And if Tadic saw something that he didn't like from Dest, if he you know, left his position or did something wrong, then yeah. You should call him out on it. You know, it's very passionate from Ajax captain, and that's what you want when your club's not in the in the position that it is and it's not performing well. That you want somebody to to lead by example, and that's exactly what Tadic did there. Um, and yeah, I want to see more of that from Ajax players. It shows a bit of fight, shows that he wants to win, and yeah, he led by example. He got the two goals that put him on course to a big victory. Because if they had dropped points in that, and in the first half. You know, been created a lot of chances and should have scored at least once, possibly twice. So, yeah, need more of that from the big players. I actually like to see Daley Blind maybe get a bit more vocal as well, because he should be a leader at the back. And, um, yeah, I think Eric Ten Hag will be secretly quite pleased that his captain has shown that sort of fierceness on the pitch and making sure that the Ajax defence doesn't lose the concentration, which they've been guilty of several times this season. Yeah, that's right. Um, a lot of pressure's put on their back four, but it's up to them to try and deal with the threats that the Eredivisie can throw at them. If if you were going to put a percentage of a chance right now, Mike, on RZ winning the title, what percent chance do you think you'd give them? Oh, it's a tough question. Um, you know, if you were a better man, maybe I'd probably say about 35%, because I think that if I had to choose which team was more likely to drop points towards the end of the campaign, would it be Ajax or AZ? I still think that it would be AZ. They can still go away to some clubs and, and drop a clangor of a, a performance. We've seen that a couple of times this season. You know, Ajax, I've let them right back into it with a couple of sloppy results of their own. But I still make Ajax the favourites. You know, I'd love it if AZ Atmar won the title this season. It would be great for the club. Um, for Dutch football and the talent start coming through there, it showed that you know you can upset it big time, especially since they have the fifth highest budget in their division. It shows that going with their own youth instead of buying players from abroad is it's worked wonders, and I hope other clubs take that example. But I can still see Ajax winning. With in the, in the nine games that Arsenal have got left, they don't really play many of um, the lower teams. There's a lot of games against the European hopefuls and the the, the top teams. Um, you know, it's fixtures against final PSV Utrecht, um, Vitesse, Groningen, they're all in there. And yeah, you're right. They could easily drop a clang of performance just like against 20 the other week. It was, that was awful. Um, but then they've gone, turn it around and played excellently when they went away to Ajax. So yeah, it, let's see what happens then between Arsenal and Ajax and whether, who, who blinks first, so to speak. Mike, thank you very much for joining me on this podcast. I know there's going to be much more soon from us um, with the March Netherlands fixtures coming up but also the Eredivisie title race and Euro 2020 is coming um, thick and fast so 
yeah, I'm sure there's plenty more to come from us um, in, the, in, in, in the future. Even though there probably hasn't been too much in the past few months, it's been quite sporadic, I think, um, with podcasts. And I think just a shout out for um, the, the biggest Football Anya Netherlands fans out there. We've got our own um, wristbands at the moment and you can buy them. Uh, if you look on our website, if you look on our Twitter page, you'll see that there's a link there for how to buy them. Um, they're not cheap, but at the same time, if you look at the reasons why we um, have decided to sell these, then I'm sure um, you'll understand why, why we're selling the wristbands. And hey, if you want one and you think you can support us, then go for it. Um, yeah, thanks, Mike, and, and thanks, everyone, for listening. And there's plenty more to come soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah! There is he! Yeah, yeah! There is Klaassen, goal!